0: Pod Save the King. Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King. I'm your host Zoe Forsey, and I'm joined, as always, by our royal editor Russell Myers. Hi, Russ. How are you?
1: Good afternoon. Very well. Very well.
0: Now, lots to talk about today, and we are we're recording slightly later than we were planning to because a huge, another bombshell interview from Meghan Markle dropped uh, early this afternoon. So we've both been kind of going through that as quickly as we can so we could include it in this week's episode so we've got yet yeah, that to talk about we've had camilla's been meeting some pop royalty charles and camilla were out in east london um yeah so lots to go through but let's start with this new interview so megan sat down uh, with variety magazine spoke about the queen's death for the first time uh giving updates on how the royals are coping uh she also spoke about the uh Oprah Winfrey interview, what she felt like in the days after, and gave an update on the really highly anticipated Netflix series, which there's been lots of talk about this week. Lots of sources saying it was cancelled, it had been put back, but Meghan seems to have kind of gone straight in and said no we're doing it but let's start off with the comments about the Queen's death because that was kind of the opening line of the story it you know the the first sentence of it was Meghan Markle is in mourning and she, she made some really nice um you know kind of mentions about her husband's late grandmother didn't she
1: she did. It was interesting to see the fact that this had been um, this interview had taken place uh, in August, which is of course before the Queen's death. And then the interviewer, who is Matt Donnelly, went back to her after they had obviously returned from uh, from the UK following the Queen's passing to sort of get her um, get an appreciation of how she was feeling following the event. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. She does say. Some a very nice thing. She talks about her first ever engagement with the Queen, which I I remember being at, actually. It was in Chester. And it was, but it seems like such an awfully long time ago. I mean, not just uh, in terms of the, the periods that has, uh, the length of time that has passed, but how much has obviously happened within the family um, is, uh, yes, it's incredible, isn't it? We've had, like, d- two deaths. Um, children come along, this sort of, divorce in inverted commas from uh, harry and Meghan from the family and of course uh the the, the several american interviews that have, have come to pass as well so um yeah let's take it let's take it uh, apart for what it was i suppose you, you know she talks about the outpouring of love and support i think we all um would recognize that certainly i wasn't sure about the fact that uh, the the interviewer said um um, the the, the mega was sort of welcomed with open arms of the thousands of people that she had met. I mean, certainly there was a couple of instances where, um, uh, most notably at Windsor when they did the walkabout, wasn't there? When they the, when they were welcomed with uh, with open arms by by a lot of the crowd there, but but it it, it did get off to a nice start. It was talking about um, the world mourning the loss of Queen Elizabeth. Uh, Megan's sentiments were, were all there. She said, I can feel it. I feel a deep gratitude to have been able to spend some time with her and get to know her. She talks about it being a complicated time. I'm sure that is pretty much an understatement, with the fact that, um, you know, since the, the, there's so much to digest, isn't there, with their relationship? What is it going forward? the fact that they've got this Netflix series, uh, they've got this book coming out from Harry um but also she 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 talks about harry being ever the optimist i think that that's quite positive the fact that he said to her now she's reunited with her husband and and, and you can be sure that harry did say something like that because he was not only f- super super fond and close to the queen he was f- famously um close to to prince philip as well so the fact that you know, this this sort of complicated mess is in the background felt quite right to me. And um, I think it did actually come from a a genuine place of warmth and affection, I suppose. She she says, I reflected on that first official engagement I had with her, how special that felt. I feel fortunate and I continue to be proud to have a nice warmth with the matriarch of the family. Well, one can only hazard a guess whether those uh, nice, warm feelings will um, trickle down to the other members of the family I suppose we just have to wait and see what happens in the Netflix series and with Harry's book which incidentally she confirms is going ahead the Netflix series I mean we've, we'll talk about Harry's book in a minute but really like quickly before the the show. before yeah, 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 yeah. you
0: move on to the Netflix show I just wanted to also add the point of she always she also spoke about or the interviewer asked how the family were dealing with the Queen's death and I don't know if I'm being a bit of an optimist here myself and looking too much into it. But she said, in big moments in life, you get a lot of perspective. It makes you wonder what you want to focus your energy on. And I would really like to think that hopefully this is a bit of a nod to her perhaps saying, let's focus on, you know, let's not focus on the fallout and the negatives and the bad things that's happened between the family, you know, in particular the the brothers, and maybe focus on the nicer things and the good memories. Am I being a bit hopeful there?
1: I I, I think that's the perfect marriage of this podcast. (laughs) You are the half glass full (laughs) and I'm the half glass empty. But, I mean, what I would suggest is that this is a big puff PR piece because they are about to run roughshod over the royal family once more. I think Harry's book is going to be, very very interesting um and that's putting it mildly i mean how can it not be they're not going to give him x amount of millions of dollars to just write a very nice puff piece about how you know oh it's very sad that i didn't get on with my family and i didn't get everything i wanted but i think it's going to be an awful lot of mudslinging and him throwing his toys out the pram again and then i look at the the netflix series um was criticised on Twitter today for calling it a, a tell-all documentary. Well, if it's not a tell-all documentary, well, what is it? I mean, the fact that she's letting the cameras into their lives, following them around to do this docu-series, while also discussing the fact that uh, it's going to demonstrate their love story, I think, that she said um, a few weeks ago, didn't she? I mean, if that's pretty much tell-all to me, or warts and all, certainly, the fact that they're going to... Um, allow cameras into their lives while while claiming privacy, while claiming privacy for their children. I mean, we can't breathe for a second without Megan going on about what Archie likes to do in his spare time or the fact he's taking baking or, you know, fruit in for his uh, classmates or what he watches on TV. I find the whole thing extraordinary, to be honest. So, no, I think... um you can have those nice fluffy thoughts, and they are very that, good. Some people will definitely feel that. I mean, maybe I'm just being a crump, but the fact is, you know, in big moments in life, you get a lot of perspective. Well, why don't you just be quiet? Well, the issue is you can't be quiet because you've got an awful lot of bills to pay. One imagine you've, you've signed up a hundred million dollar deal with Netflix. But, you know, right now we feel energised and excited about all the things we've been building towards. Well, again, that's two of the major projects they've got is is this book and the fact that they've got this Netflix series. So listen, we'll come on to it in a minute. But um, as you said at the top of the show, there is... Um, Two big things, uh, or two, 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 two report conflicting reports this week. One saying it wasn't happening, and the other one saying that it was definitely definitely going ahead. So if that's if they're both scheduled for December, well, we've only got a few weeks to wait. And the fact is, I mean, you know, the the, the dust really hasn't settled on the on the Queen's passing. I think we're still all reeling from it. We're still getting used to a world where we are calling. Uh, or lab- calling Charles King Charles and the Queen Consort and the new Princess and Princess of Wales and what that means to the family and talking about the tours that they're going to go on and what the work is. And you know this is all taking, it's going to take a lot longer than just a few weeks to get, to get used to. And um, I don't think you can just, you can't say in one breath, you get a lot of perspective while then planning to, to, to mention the royal family and every other breath that you can muster. but um, <laughs> I'm going to you know. pull you away anyway. from this topic because so I feel a okay. bit yes, yes, yes.
0: so, <laughs> Now, so speaking of of the documentary, though, she talked about the director, Liz Garbus, who uh, they've said that she's admired her work for years. And what I found really interesting in this is that she said that I, I've long admired her work, even if it means it may not be the way we would have told our story. Um, Which I find quite interesting because I just assumed they were going to be so heavily involved in... That you know, I know it's different, but in my mind, I don't know if you're a Kardashians fan, but this is what I thought of. That you know, Chris Jenner was the producer. All of them were involved. You know, I think they very much carefully look at how it seems and how it's going to come across. And this suggests to me that that might might not be the case with this. Do you think that's fair, or do you reckon that they're just saying it might not be exactly as we wanted it?
1: I mean, I maybe I who knows? Is it, is it damage limitation? Is it? I, I don't. I don't know much about Liz Garbus. I must admit. Um, but the, the the whole thing about you know we've entrusted our story to someone. what whilst incidentally say, saying just to, on this point, she rose back on the um, the New York Magazine piece really because she's it's she also talks about. Um, the fact that they she didn't trusted her story to someone that she'd let her let her in and it maybe wasn't sort of what she she felt that she wanted from it i mean i that, i think that's probably
0: so s- for those who don't remember that this is the interview that was i think it's fair to say mocked by lots of people it well, it's was torn apart
1: definitely I mean it was it was ludicrous in parts wasn't it Yeah, there we go. yeah <laughs> it was, 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 <laughs> yeah, was, was one we did I, mean... I think a
0: whole episode on it Um, have a listen back to that if you can't if you can't remember it but this is when there was there's lots of I can't I can't remember all the details of it what were some of the
1: well the tre- parts talking of about it? trees you and me oh were yeah together there was an awful lot of I don't know um there was an awful lot of ah you know i'd have to go back and refresh my memory but i just remember it just being widely ridiculed And, and and again if you're going to do these sorts of things then and you're going to give yourself up to these personal profiles then then of course you know sometimes it might not go as well as you thought it would but Rather than sort of rowing back from it entirely, they've decided to do a full-out Netflix series. It will be very interesting to um, – I, I, I do confess I've been – we've both been super busy today, so we haven't been able to go and sort of look at who Liz Garbus is. Um, maybe quickly look who she is. Yeah. Sorry, no, I'll, um, <laughs> um, But the fact is, you know, that she says, but that's not why we're telling it. We're trusting our story to someone else, and that means it will go through their lens – Again, I mean, it's interesting. My husband had never worked in this industry before. For me, having worked on Suits, which incidentally gets five mentions in in this piece, it's so amazing to be around so much creative energy and to see how people work together and share their own points of view. That's been really fun. So obviously, they've been doing this for quite a while. Um, and the cameras have been following them around. It will be very, it will be absolutely fascinating to see the end product. I mean, she spoke <coughs> spoke last week about how uh, that she just wanted to to tell their love story. And, and again, I think I said at the time, one one may wonder how we've survived so long without it. But listen, um, we're all talking about it, aren't we? Exactly. I, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated with it, regardless of whether you like them or think that they're just becoming too ludicrous characters they um they're certainly getting us all talking.
0: exactly and I cannot wait to watch it whenever it does whenever it does drop. Uh, another conversation point in the interview was the kind of the days after the uh famous uh Oprah interview. So obviously this was the one where she discussed her mental health uh during her time in the royal family. Harry accused his brother of being trapped, Meghan said uh, her sister-in-law Kate made her cry and so many other things I don't think anyone could forget the the interview which I think is definitely the most famous they've done but she spoke about kind of the fallout from it um, and how she went to a birthday party and wanted just thought it was going to be a little do but it actually ended up being a huge party and she walked into this room on her own and she said that she felt a bit uncomfortable and I assume that's because you know she didn't know how people would react but she kind of ended up doing a loop of the room and said that she was greeted with so much warmth and kindness and more generosity and love was felt maybe it's just a a testament to the company she keeps but I also think these women were extraordinary to ensure I felt welcome it's like they knew exactly what I needed did. Well it was interesting to see this insight of her actually saying that she you know after the interview went ahead you know she she was a bit unsure about you know socializing again and yes, coming I into mean, contact with a, people that would have watched it.
1: Well I imagine it you know it, it's it's if you the, the fact that she was in America when when this me- meeting happened I speak I think speaks volumes and I know everybody doesn't appear to be on that side of the coin but um I, I would imagine the feeling was would have been very very different if she had shown up at a public place in the UK because I think that a lot of the feeling towards her in that interview was one of sheer disbelief that they could have um, completely run roughshod over over the family listen i, I I'm not Going to beat them down completely because at the time, and I've always said that the the major major facts facts fractions of that interview where she was talking about feeling suicidal, she was talking about feeling abandoned when she was pregnant, really really did strike a chord with me, and I think that they still really haven't been addressed, whether they have been in private. I'm. I'm, I'm not aware whether they have, but they still haven't been addressed. And then you, you had the Queen's statement at the time saying recollections may vary. I mean, this is... Pre- it was pretty punchy stuff at the time, and it almost seems that it's been sort of swept under the carpet. This, But this is, sort of, to me, saying that she felt so, you know, so much generosity and love for her is trying to paint a picture of convincing herself once more that she did the right thing. I... Th- to be honest, I think they, they probably feel that they did do the right thing in by doing that interview. Um, are they any worse off by not by doing it? I mean, I can't see a way back for them. Do they want a way back? I very much doubt it. But we are still... The problem I have is Megan is trying to publicise the new Netflix series. She's still talking about archetypes. She's still painting herself as a very successful um, actress in Hollywood or TV land by mentioning Suits four, five times, no less, talking about the fact that her, her husband, who is a decorated war veteran, um, and, you know, Prince Harry... Oh, he hadn't. The fact that he hadn't worked in her world makes him sound like a real bit part player. And by doing this interview, um, she's prepared to sort of talk about her her innermost feelings and the family's feelings on the death of the Queen. I mean, the Queen's only been dead a few days and weeks, it seems. So it just it just feels a bit off to me. i, I I'm, I'm not buying it.
0: I will say, kind of more generally on that point, perhaps we should have touched on it earlier. I was surprised to see. You know, I'm I'm assuming that Meghan would have been paid for this interview. I was surprised to see kind of a paid for business deal with the Queen being discussed in so soon after. I thought it would come, but I thought we'd you know it would at least be kind of Christmas time until, you know. In a business sense, they were using. Well, I'll play devil's advocate
1: now because you know it is said right at the beginning that Variety did this interview before the Queen's passing, and you know as well as I do that there there could have been. They make they make a point by saying the official mourning period is over. They'd spoken to her after that. It was again to. to get her a sort of account of of not only um, how that how that period had gone, but how she was feeling afterwards. So, um,
0: and I suppose actually, I mean, yeah, because they would have been go to, a-
1: it's got yeah. to go to press. Yeah, Variety. I, I assume Variety is a magazine as well as being um online yeah i suppose
0: that's true because it would have been a contract for this day and if they had to put the interview out even though they technically could have put the interview out because the morning period's over if she'd have just done a big chat about you know harry liking burgers and her liking chocolate chip cookies with no mention of the queen they also would have been criticized so yeah no i i get your point again again, you're right
1: even if i don't agree with it it's up to her isn't it mm. it's up to her to discuss her feelings and the fact listen she didn't say anything about the family really she didn't go into any detail about the funeral or how people were feeling she was very giving a very very general view so in that sense um fair enough because it's it's an appreciation of how she was feeling um and they've, they these are pr junkets aren't they they've they've got she's got a podcast out they've got this you know other big docu series coming out so they're going to do it, and and nobody's going to sit down and interview her if you say, "All oh, right, the red lines are we don't talk about the family, don't talk about the kids. Yeah, but it's a, it's a tightrope. It's a tightrope as far as, um, as far as they're concerned, I think.
0: Now let's talk about, let's kind of go through some of the other nice little details she gave us as well. She was asked if she'd return to acting and said, no, I'm done. But then she said, I guess never say never, but my intention is absolutely not. So I see that as quite a firm no but being quite, you know, wisely, not ready to have that quote used against her if in 30 years' time she does decide to do anything. And she also gave uh, some advice to an actress playing her in future. You know, obviously, because uh, how long do you reckon it's going to be before we get our first two film on Meghan Markle? I reckon give Well, it we've a had, we've had,
1: I've, I've seen these. There's a couple of comedy value ones, aren't
0: there? I don't think they're meant to be comedy ones, but yeah.
1: (laughs) But they're so bad. They're great. I forgot about
0: that. That was around the wedding. Uh, But yes, so her advice would be, uh, I hope that in preparing for that role, she finds the softness and playfulness and the laughter, the silliness. I just hope she finds the dimensions. And she also... uh, offered to have a chat with her on the phone and said whoever the lucky actress is can give her a call, which I'm assuming is going to be noted down by every kind of agent in case they ever get that at some point. Uh, she also spoke about their working from home uh, setup said her and Harry share an office and they continued working from home and allows them to spend lots of time with the kids, which is really lovely. And they said, I didn't realise that they were quite so far out of L.A. And she actually says this in the piece that the the distance of it, uh, my American geography is not good. But she said it's two hours for them to get into L.A. if there's meetings and things like that. So she describes them as
1: quite a long commuters.
0: It does. Yep. And she said, Yep. As I mentioned before, she said she likes chocolate chip cookies the size of her head to get her through um, don't we all. Don't meetings. Don't we all. And Harry's favourite and uh, out burger, which we don't have in the UK, but I know is massive we in don't. the US. It's very
1: nice. I've had it's it good, once.
0: I've had it once and it was very good. Uh, but I like the little details. So there's, there's one halfway between their house and LA, and they go through the drive-through and surprise the people working there. And so they've got a regular order which I don't know if that's a case of, I don't think you'd forget what Meghan and Prince Harry had if they came to
1: your thing or if they go there regularly. English, English breakfast tea, surely. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is Harry and Meghan, a royal romance, if you've never watched it. Oh, there this we go, that was it. One I... of the best films you'll ever see. <laughs> it's, it's tremendous. So anyway. And of course, she's in the um, Windsors.
0: We've, you know, the, the comedy the comedy show on Channel 4 here in the UK and we've interviewed the cast of that before. So yeah, that's the other very, one.
1: very good. Very, very good. Yeah, more, <laughs> more, more more entertaining than uh... than archetypes, perhaps.
0: Definitely. And one of the other questions that she was asked is obviously speaking about her podcast, who the most difficult person, the difficult interview for her to do was. And she said Paris, uh, which was this week's show, which if nothing else is a brilliant segue for us as a fellow podcast, which we very much appreciate. So what did you think of this interview, the latest in the series? I actually, I think this is the one that I enjoyed the most. I found it really interesting.
1: Yes, I would totally agree with you because I think Paris Hilton is an incredible multi-layered um, character, a character if you can call her that, because she also discusses about becoming a caricature of herself, that she'd sort of played up to being the dumb blonde, the bimbo, the fact that she just started her show. What was that show called? The Simple Life.
0: The simple, the simple Life. life. Don't pretend no, you've bit, not a, watched it no, recently. No, I'm a bit old, I think.
1: <laughs> I, you're, you're a lot, you're lot, lot younger than me. So I I remember it happening and I remember sort of it being played out. And sort of the She says that they wanted Nicole to be the troublemaker and her to be the dumb blonde and she played up to it. And then I suppose it just sort of snowballs, doesn't it? Because she had this... Amazing gig! It made her a worldwide star, but then she's playing up to that whole persona of being the the, the ditzy one, the one who talks in the babyish voice, the one who just talks in catchphrases, doesn't really want to get her hands dirty. Well, she's made her. She's made an amazing career for herself 100%. in terms of being a multifaceted personality, a you know superstar DJ on the world stage. And um, even even the point of her voice, I think, was really really interesting because she's got like a really quite a dark, um I was about to say, sexy um, husky voice. That's what it is, sexy voice. She's got a, you know, I, I could listen listen to her audio, but um, but she, um, it's, I don't know. It's, sorry, someone's it, pointed I going, out have I in gone the, too far? somewhere in the comment section
0: has pointed out that I laugh too much, and so I'm really making a conscious effort not to laugh in this podcast. <laughs> but I'm sorry, that can't be helped. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry. Perhaps I've gone too far. Anyway, I did think I thought she's got a rather nice voice. I didn't I don't know if I've really heard her speak no, apart from I her saying hot and Yeah. So many cool people were really
0: surprised when they heard this podcast and people were saying that's not Paris Hilton because it's it's unrecognizable. Yeah, it's so different. Voice, yeah. She, really. So it
1: that really whole is. concept of that the, the you know putting on personas, the fact that the, she didn't feel as though that she could then stray Away from that persona because it was making her career was absolutely fascinating, and of course Megan had her own anecdote of her of her own by saying that she felt that she was forced into playing, and I'm paraphrasing here, so don't quote me. So she said she was sort of forced to playing the sort of bimbo role in the uh, because she'd taken the job as one of the briefcase girls on Deal or No Deal now. Far from, and I, and I haven't got involved in this because I don't. I, th- I think you got to take that on face value. But I know there's been a lot of commentary about the fact that well, she wasn't forced into the job; she took the job. You know why you you were given the job in terms of being a beautiful woman to do this. You know this job, opening a briefcase on a national television show. You weren't chosen to not fulfil that role. You weren't then. Chosen to be, you know, um, t- to anything, but to to, to to fulfill it, I suppose. Uh, it'd be. what well, I was. I want you to get your take on it rather than sort of me discussing it, really.
0: Yeah. So she was on the. She was on Deal or No Deal. She did a kind of short stint on it, just one series, and that was uh, in two thousand no, and sixteen. No, two thousand and six and two thousand and seven. So that's sixteen years ago. So it was really mm. early. It was pre suits pre everything like that, and. I found this really interesting. So, what she said is that I think I don't think it's the fact of her taking the job. She's very much said I'm was very grateful of it. It paid the bills, and she accepts that it it gave her a a boost in her career. And so, I don't think she's kind of ever denying that or saying you know she was forced to take it. But it's the point of these jobs exist within the industry where women are there literally just to be attractive wear a short skirt and she says in it that they were you know taken in they were put things to you know into their bras to make you know push up bras eyelashes done and their entire role is just to look attractive and she said it made her feel oh I've lost the quote now um but it made uh, it didn't like how it made me feel which was not smart because I didn't like feeling forced to be all looks and I think that's the side of it if it's just it's it's kind of breaking women down to the point that they are only something that they're an object to be
1: yes, looked yes, at with nothing absolutely. more absolutely. to
0: um and i thought that was really interesting um and she actually which i didn't realize until this uh, she left midway through the season and she kind of speaks about what it was like being backstage at that and said that the one of the one of the staff on the show used to say you know suck it in suck it in um and, you know, that's, if that's the only feedback you're getting before you go out on a job, not, you know, make sure you do this or remember this line or do this if your only job is going to be make yourself look skinnier. I completely understand that that much, you know, must be really difficult to be. She said, I ended up quitting the show. I was so much more than what, than what was being objectified on the stage. I didn't, I didn't like feeling forced to be all looks and little substance. Um, and yeah, I thought that, I thought it was really interesting. And I think some of the times that Megan has kind of shared her own stories on the podcast maybe haven't been quite as directly related to the word. Uh, but that, you know, the word bimbo, which was the discussion of this episode, I thought I thought it really added to it. And I thought it was really interesting. And I think she spoke very well on the subject. And they got spray town yeah. vouchers each week to go, <laughs> and like things like that, which is just, you know, just I don't know if that's something that's still you you know, you do you do you do the telly. I don't know if that's something that
1: in the rain in the rain you. But yeah. <laughs> with the rain. Spray down that road, probably do it <laughs> in a few weeks. Jesus. Anyway, let's let's move on. I think it was a point well made. Um, I understand Yes, some so yes, I'm I can feel confident in taking Megan to task on certain things it's probably not for me to be discussing what her her inner feelings are about being they would have been both.
0: Now, staying on the kind of showbiz theme, The Crown has been a big talking point this week, even though it's still not out for, well, it's the 9th of November, so we've still got, what, two and a half weeks, but lots of people have been calling for it to be delayed, cancelled altogether. I think this one has hit people a bit harder, I would assume because it's myself included, because it's a bit Nearer and it's more recent. There's events that even if you don't remember them, you know the people in it. So obviously Harry, William, Diana all play very big roles in this. Uh, I actually did a bit of a a listener poll on the old Instagram um, and asked Ooh, if it should good. be if it should be aired should just be aired. Sixty two percent of our listeners said it should just go ahead as planned. Twenty one percent said it should be scrapped altogether, and seventeen percent thought it should be delayed until kind of you know. There's been a bit more of a gap since the queens' passing um, and most of the comments on it were people saying that the biggest problem with it is many viewers particularly in the US and um, believe it's a documentary and it's all true whereas we know it's based I think the official thing is it's based on true of a fictional account based on true events isn't it so there's a lot yes. of a lot of kind of dramatization lots of things added just to make it better viewing what are your kind of thoughts on the show
1: well, you just, I, I mean, I, even before I was doing this as a job, I mean, I, I, can't, I'm, I can't believe that I wouldn't have thought that, that this was a fictional dramatisation. Mm. But, of course, it was very interesting. I was at an event the other day and I was being, chat, chatting to, to some other colleagues and there was um, a, um, a female colleague who is in her 20s, I would suggest, And she was, um, she's not British, and she was saying about how she actually, she actually freely admitted that she found it hard to believe that this wasn't, you know, the, the actual truth that this wasn't sort of almost like a documentary about the royal family. And I was like, I was actually really shocked. But then I left, and I thought. God, I bet a, a load of people think that. I bet mean, this is this is their first foray into, um, and this this girl doesn't do um, doesn't do uh, doesn't cover royals. Generally. I was going to say, so I feel, I feel is, we it. should
0: add that that's none of your rotor colleagues. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, yeah, someone yeah. might be in trouble yeah. with their
1: editor. <laughs> totally, but then um, I, then I was I was I sort of reflected on that and I thought, oh, how interesting, and this is how a lot of people. Um, really do think that the royal family operate and i'm sure that it's it's because it's so well done the the cinematography of it all um and the the setting and the drama and the intrigue of it all is actually really easy to just think well why wouldn't it Why, why wouldn't that be the case and so um um yeah i suppose maybe it should come should it come with this sort of health warning that some people have been calling for i'm not sure if it needs to go that far but um it's it is just very interesting isn't it that it's that it's now coming to the sort of modern day present day um, reflection of of the royal family, and I and I totally understand why the royals would be um, perturbed about it because it's 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 not a great look for the new king as he's sort of enjoying this groundswell of popularity. Um, certainly, the, the the way that his relationship with Camilla is being portrayed, how Camilla herself is being portrayed, it's all getting a, a bit close to the bone, isn't it? And um and of course this whole new concept of uh of diana's and charles's relationship will be completely alien to a lot of people and this will be the first time that they're sort of hearing i mean most most people have an appreciation of that panorama interview even if you don't really follow the royal family less so of the Dimbleby interview with prince charles but but um but the fact that these this relationship is being played out and then you've obviously got the, the the playing out of uh the, not only the disintegration of that relationship, but then we understand in the, in the next series, series the one after the next series, it must be said, on, on the series six, we might even see the before and after elements of um, of the, the the Paris tragic crash, and I think that that is when you start thinking how far is this going to go
0: that's that's it for me because I I really like the crown but as I said I watch it very much knowing and what I really like doing is knowing I'm pretty sure that's not true Then having a google and you know proving you know feel you, you I end up learning actually more about it but not through watching the show but because I google alongside but I also understand that I'm a royal nerd um in terms of stuff like this <laughs> and normal people probably don't do that but it's yeah it's I love the early series in particular when you know You were watching The Queen. um, Oh, gosh, who was The Queen in the first series?
1: Claire Foy. Claire
0: Foy. I nearly said Emma Foy there. I was combining them, yeah. Claire Foy. But it it just felt so far removed from a version of The Queen that I've ever known that Mm. it, it felt so different. But as you said, with this and it getting more recent, you know, getting more recent, I feel it should have been cut off already, is my kind of opinion. And, yeah, to have the scenes have those awful scenes from Paris. Um they've I think they said they won't show the, you know, the crash, but they're going to show her final her final hours before before that and also afterwards. And I think most people agree that Harry and William's involvement in the days after the Queen's death, you know, kind of walking behind the coffin and having to go and look at the flowers, and they've both spoken very openly about how they should never have been made to do that and how it had a serious impact on their mental health and to reenact you know, to get actors to recreate those moments that they've openly said had such a negative impact on it just really doesn't quite sit right for me. Um but it is it is an interesting talking point. And as you said, this series is coming out um and we we know that now, which again on Netflix, which considering you've got meghan and Harry's documentaries on there as well and they're dealing with it, I think makes it more interesting. But yeah, I think it's I'm really I am looking forward to watching it in terms of I'm interested to watch it. But it's it's going to be very strange. I think this series is going to feel very different to me personally, you know with it being people that I remember a bit more. but yeah, yeah so- I think
1: you're right. I think it should it should have been probably stopped um, at I don't know when I mean the last series probably. I can't, I I just don't see the merits in just being, well, the merits is probably a lot of money and the fact that it's done so well. People are absolutely obsessed by it. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it probably has had its day.
0: Now, I feel like a bit like we've been hosting a bit of a showbiz podcast. So let's let's bring it back to some more traditional royal stuff for the kind of second chunk of this. Now, we've had lots of nice engagements this week. Uh, one I loved in particular was the Camilla with her Paddington Bears. All those photos, I'm sure everyone will remember. Loads of people were leaving uh, cuddly toys uh, as part of their tributes for the Queen uh, in different places around London. So they've got a, a thousand of them uh, were left in tributes. So they've all been given, it was stressed that they were all given a good Clean because it was quite rainy and muddy, and they look like a this lovely the,
1: bunch. The, this is the best part of the story because there were loads of volunteers that that um, gave up their time in order to collect the bears and clean them and make sure that they were all lovely and being able to go to Bernardo's children's charity. So, shout out to the selfless men, women, children, grannies, aunties, uncles who all ploughed in and said that they would give up their time to do that. That's really, really awesome that they did so that. So nice. And, um, yeah, I love this picture. And it, uh, again, came out of the blue, um, announced uh, over the weekend. So Camilla has been very busy. And I was with her on Monday night and do a do a leaper.
0: I get another another one of your, your showbiz pals that you <laughs> – we know these how much the, you love these, pop culture.
1: These are the circles I'm mixing <laughs> in, you know. So I'm very, very – Uh, up to date with my British and international pop stars, as you know, and Dua Lipa gave the sort of um, the keynote speech and she gave a a masterful speech about sort of reading and about her her upbringing and how that she was... um, she was born in london but then moved back to Kosovo and uh, see there's uh, an, an awful lot of the political fractions that she she was living through and how that she sort of buried her buried her head and her life in books and it's always given her it right up until now she's a very successful pop star always on the road um she get, she really benefits her sort of mental well-being from being able to immerse herself in a book and uh and it was um it was great to see as i spoke to the um a lady called Eve Smith i think the name was she's the secretary general of the booker prize which is i would i would hazard a guess by saying that this is the world's most um prestigious literary prize and she was saying that you know by by not only having the association of the queen consort who incidentally has um, presented the Booker Prize on several occasions. I think I think this was her seventh. I might be mistaken. It's her sixth or seventh um, instalment presenting the award, but that they thought they would well they just presumed that she would have cancelled her appearance, but she was true to her word. She said that she wanted to to carry on and do it. And such is her love of literacy, which um Daily Mirror readers will be very, very familiar with because we did a big campaign with her just very, very recently, um, with the National Literacy Trust. And I thought it was rather lovely that she turned up. She brought her sister along, Annabelle Elliot, who um who I had a quick hello with, and uh and to, to still be doing these engagements, to to, to still say no, I'm going to fulfil that commitment, um, is something that that of course I think just tells you an awful lot about Camilla that she's not breaking away from her stride in terms of um, her previous. Her previous projects, and I think she'll probably take even more of them on if um, if that's possible, because she is very very busy. But um, yeah, Booker Prize on Monday, and then we had Charles and Camilla in East London earlier this week as well. Their first joint engagement as King and Queen visiting Project Project Zero is an engagement with young people. In uh, it says, "In positive activities, promise social inclusion and to strengthen the community." But this will forever be remembered by Charles. Interacting with a group of youngsters, and what do they say about children and animals? Well, they were not nervous at all, were they?
0: You know, sometimes you get <laughs> well, kids that are a bit sign. shy, and they were full-on chatting. I loved it.
1: Straight in there, sort of talking to him, and you know, um, the king making some really good conversation with them. You know, have, have you had a decent lunch? Are you off on a half-term next week? I hope they're looking after you here. And they're just sort of shouting at him, they say, not, I mean, not in a boisterous manner, in mean, quite a playful manner, by saying. You know, uh, uh, are you are you the king? How old? How old are you? And then some. I just saw this today, actually, just before we came on air. Some kid pipes out in the pipes up in the background and says ninety six. It's just <laughs> tremendous. Ouch! <laughs> burn. <laughs> no, I, I think that's called a burn. Yeah, there we go.
0: That was really lovely. And I said, it's these moments with Charles that I absolutely love. There's the one that I will never forget when someone, you know, like someone else in the crowd, shouted over him, "When do you want to go for a beer?" And he was like, "Yeah, where and when?" Yeah. Like it's these it's moments. These, if, if yeah, it's if if this about someone. Yeah. These moments because we're so used to seeing him very formal and kind of very much in royal mode, which is so different to how we see in Kate and William. So I do love it when he kind of slips into that a little bit.
1: Well, uh, you know what to for Charles I've always thought he's got a, when I'm on tours with him he's got a tremendous sense of humour and you don't always see that and I definitely think in the last couple of years um, he has really relaxed he's, he's, he's getting more relaxed and for all the sort of shouting someone for a dodgy pen or whatever it has been over the last few weeks he's been through an awfully stressful period but I think he he is definitely uh, becoming, uh, becoming more relaxed he's He's nearly 74, but um, he's, he's definitely um, having a bit more fun with it, I would say, in the last couple of years. And, and when you're interacting with kids like this, he's, he's definitely up for having a bit of a laugh. So I thought he, rem- he handled it tremendously well.
0: Now, while we've seen lots of Camilla this week, which has been lovely, we haven't seen as much of Kate and William, and we believe this is because the kids are on half term at their new at their new school. Can't believe the first kind of the first chunk of it's over already. I know.
1: That is wild. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I know that the, the um, posh schools get two weeks off, so I mean, uh, state schools are, are on are on um, say on strike. They're on <laughs> holidays, on holidays next year, but. I mean that is gone ridiculously quickly. I know, it's crazy. six weeks. But oh, then you Lord. know that their first
0: day, their first day was what was it? The, the
1: queen's was it, passing. Was it, it was.
0: the first day or the second day? It was the first week, wasn't it? I can't quite remember.
1: But uh, the Wednesday was the inset day. The Thursday was the, yeah. was the day so was that they're the their day. first day. So it was their first yeah, day. Yeah. So, so one of these, it's, yeah, gone, it's gone so very, quickly, very quickly, but
0: so much so has no happened doubt, in it.
1: They will have a lot to reflect on. They have obviously being. Um, together as a family it's nice that the, uh, the 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 waleses take the two take the two weeks off to spend with their children i'm sure that's um, holding them in good stead giving them a sort of uh in quotes normal family upbringing as um as we've spoken about that that, that they want to do with the children so um yeah, I suppose we'll see them in a couple of weeks. There's uh, there's lots to look forward to, and in the perfect segue to that, I mean, we're going to talk hopefully in the next few weeks talk about a bit more royal tour business because oh, I the feel government like we of New South Wales. Ages. Well, we haven't had anything, and it'd be interesting to see what the plans are over the next few weeks. But certainly, there's been talk of a trip to France uh, for the King, bonded with Emmanuel Macron over environmental matters, and the, uh, the local government in New South Wales have revealed or have they, haven't they? Because there was a lot of talk about a, a Royal tour to Australia next year in 2023. But um, this has come out sort of a briefing document saying that there is a Royal tour planned for 2024, but not till October, which seemed an awfully long period of time to wait. That's I mean, I'd be so devastated. I can't wait, wait to get back over to Oz. Um yeah, I mean, I th- I think I would hazard a guess, and the reason is it's two hundred years of democracy in uh, in Australia. There, so uh, I mean, yeah, I'd be pretty devastated if it was that long. Gosh, that's yeah. two years away. I th- I think I think I think it'll be before then, to be honest. But you know, watch his space.
0: Now, just before we sign off for today, there was one thing that we couldn't not mention, and obviously the. James Bond got his. There was an investiture and James Bond got it, didn't he? Daniel Craig stepped up.
1: I had I had written down somewhere what this. It was the it's the Order of Saint Michael and Saint George, I think.
0: Excellent. Is that
1: right? Is that right? Oh,
0: I don't know. Hang on. <laughs> oh, but the reason okay. no, we wanted uh, to I mention it... About,
1: I had written it down. Anyway, so yeah, uh, I did like the uh, the sort of play on words, the fact that uh, the royal family had tweeted, we've been expecting you, um, which is obviously a play on the words which are normally uttered in the James Bond films. And interestingly enough, this honour that has been bestowed upon Daniel Craig for his services to the arts and acting is, uh, is exactly the same honour as his character james bond had and what is it you're going to tell us?
0: it is yep so it says here so it is the the order of saint michael and saint george so yet the same one it that is. james bond had
1: very cool. Very, very cool which is very cool
0: and princess um, anne yeah. was the one who presented him with that
1: very nice very nice indeed and that is um so yeah what what to look forward to i imagine there will be more visitors there'll be more oh uh, shout out to, to princess anne because she is going to uganda This has been just announced today, actually. She is going to visit Princess Royal and her husband, Sir Tim Lawrence, will undertake a four day visit to Uganda between the 25th and 28th of October. So, very, very uh, close. That's next week, isn't it? During a busy program, Princess Royal, as patron of Opportunity International, will open the first communal bank in the Nikavale refugee settlement. And she's also patron of Save the Children. They will be visiting projects in a refugee settlement area, visiting a school, meeting deaf and blind students, and she will conclude her visit by visiting the Safe Way Right Way HGV truck driver program, watching a demonstration by female students. So there's lots of female empowerment, um, disability workplace skills, and to also talking to uh, to charities like Save Children UK. So. We will uh, we'll give you uh, an update on that next week.
0: Fantastic. That sounds like a great tour. I'm looking forward to that. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Russell, and thank you to everyone for listening. As always, we are on social, Twitter and Instagram, at PodSave, And until next time. Pod Save the King!